Welcome to Sad Styles Productions. Let me run you through our daily specials. On Tuesday, relive your childhood gaming memories on the Retrograde Podcast. On Thursday, the Jackass crew relives the pain and glory of the TV show Jackass. Also on Thursday, Mikey and Brian let you in on all the secrets of sports marketing on the sign-off, a framework podcast. On Fridays, losing money with Andrew Baskin helps satisfy your 20-minute sports gambling fix. Keep your hands inside the car at all times. Enjoy the ride. Get into it. Coming up... A Sad Styles production. Hello and welcome. My name is Mike Aaronworth, signing on to the Sign Off, a Frameworth podcast for yet another week. And I am joined in studio by the man you know and the man you love to listen to when I stop talking. His name is Brian Aaronworth. He's the president of Frameworth Sports Marketing. I get a little chuckle out of you every time. Well, you have a different little intro every time and... I never know what to expect. Yeah, are you are you nervous when I usually lead you into it? Like, what's he going to say? Well, no, you you're getting smoother. Yeah, as get- the first ones were pretty hokey, but after that, we were good. Well, once once I agreed to stop saying "daddy," I think <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's, that's basically <laughs> what I'm referring to. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll call that hokey, guys. We had uh, a very interesting recent conversation on the podcast, uh, one that had uh, uh, quite a bit of acclaim. I think uh, we we launched it. A lot of people felt very good about it. And the reason for that is that, you know, instead of focusing more on the back end of sports memorabilia, sports marketing, collecting, um, we focused on the end user, on you, on the person who buys the product, who's interested in this from a consumer's perspective or a collector's perspective. Um, and, And I think giving that perspective to the podcast kind of gave this sort of a, a, a more of a panoramic view of the landscape, right? right so right. what we thought was, you know, we listen, we're cool. We're, we're cool too. We're not just the people who make the product, but we're collectors ourselves. Right. Uh, and you, more than anyone I know, have a collection of products that may not be, you know, when we interviewed Matt Ellenberger uh, recently, he had a shrine of, of product and it was all, you know, the, the sports legends that he loves the most and some very impressive products. You have a different way of collecting. You're more of a, a tuck it away, uh, you know, find the most rare pieces that have some sort of sentimental value and keep it tucked away. Knowing you have it is kind of the cool part about about it. Well, you're calling me a hoarder is what you... A, a little bit, except, <laughs> except the second element of that is you do display some memorabilia, but what you display is not a just a signed jersey typically it's something that has more of a sentimental appeal i think and and that would be things like photos of you with the athlete photos of you at certain events uh that that took place that maybe you you were were privy to or part of and and not everyone else was actually yeah yeah and and that's kind of the way that the industry you know they often say you know don't take your 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 work home with you and and i grew up in this world where sports memorabilia was was so so readily available and apparent that I've, I've kind of become the same way. What means the most to me is the experience of having witnessed something or been somewhere. So most of what I have hung up are, are photos of either me with someone or me at an event that I really remembered and cherished. And I want to kind of uh, open the doors a little bit to your personal vault. You often call it your vault and, and not everyone is aware of what's in it. But now on the Sign Off Podcast, we're going to take you, the listener, through that and the viewer if you're on YouTube. This is an episode that you might heavily want to consider going over to YouTube to watch primarily because uh, we're going to be showing off the products as we're talking about it. Right. Uh, that's not to say that this is a purely visual episode. It's not. Uh, you'll get uh, equally as much out of it just based on us talking about it because we will describe the piece, but it does add a little bit of flair to it um, uh, when, uh, when, when you get to see it on the screen as well. So before we get into it, Dad, 
Uh, why don't you just talk about your collecting habits in general? What is it that you look for? Did I, did I hit the nail on the head there? Yeah, kind of uh, actually, so it was interesting because after our interview with uh, Matt Ellenberger and he was talking about memorabilia as uh, something that you find joy in or something that is really important to you is one of the key elements of collecting. And, uh, and memorabilia is not just stuff that can be resold for a profit or resold. Um, in my mind, it's, it's a memory, something that's important to you. And so my collection, um, everything that's on the wall is pretty much a memory, uh, whereas uh, I do tuck away pretty much one of everything. Sure. Kind of like insider trading. I guess. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if we're doing a new product for Sydney, I make sure I keep a couple of everything. I did that with Wayne Gretzky sure. all the way along when we did all his work. And now, you know, when you had mentioned, let's do a show on on your collection. Right. And w it was short notice, so we started, I just started grabbing things off the wall. And um, what I found I, was... First of all, I, I, I resent that. I never give short notice. Everything is, is planned very heavily in advance. Well, we're doing this at what, 11 o'clock in the morning, and I heard about it at like 10? No, nah, la last night. Yes, anyway. there you go. You had, you had a full so, almost 12 hours to prepare. Who needs more than that? So what, what I ended up doing was... Um, finding more pieces that relate to events that I've been at than, than the actual pieces. Cause the, the jerseys and the autograph stuff is tucked away in a vault. Right. And uh, so we pulled some of those out as authentic memorabilia pieces, but then the other ones have a story behind them, a memory. And sometimes, uh, you know, there's a piece within that of, of value. Yeah. And I think we're going to kind of mix it up a little bit. I want to, I want to take the, the listener on a little bit of a journey through some of the sentimental pieces, but also some of the pieces that we've produced that have value and, and therefore maybe some sentimental items in particular, the uh, photo that we'll show just as a bit of a teaser uh, of, of Doug Gilmore, you and Doug Gilmore, I think is very interesting because it's a photo that represents what his product line would become. And yet, in spite of that, the only Doug Gilmore piece that you have hanging in, in your room is this, which is sort of outside of the edition. It's not a photo of Doug scoring goal. It's the photo that represented the incarnation of his product line right. with Frameworth, which right. is very interesting. Now, this, this first piece that I want to draw attention to is one that we mentioned on the podcast before. We had a separate YouTube video about this because we had a ton of questions about this item. What was it? What did it look like? And it was the bubble hockey piece right. uh, that that you did with Mike Brown for, I believe it was Budweiser. Budweiser, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lift this up, Dad, and I want you to uh, to kind of walk us through what what the item is, and I'll show it to uh, to the camera for the the viewer. Okay, so when we talked about um, on a recent show about Mike Brown, the unsung hero who who ran Wayne Gretzky's company, um, Budweiser sponsored Wayne and um, at the time, and he had done a commercial, uh, and you'll see the piece in the background, and what. What happened was that they got this concept for the commercial where Wayne would, would be on a, within a bubble hockey game. They shrunk them down to bubble hockey size, and they had the bubble hockey players, and he was talking to them. They came to life, right. et cetera, et cetera. The, the actual piece was something that Mike and I dreamt up to say, I wonder if we did a piece that's really cool, got Wayne to sign it, whether they'd have an interest in it. And so we designed this frame piece that you just saw. And Wayne, uh, obviously, with the Budweiser logo, uh, can't wear a jersey, an NHL jersey. So he was wearing a generic jersey. 
and he signed the piece. So that's cool. Then we tracked down the little bubble hockey men and put them within the yes. within the frame. And there's a little lever for each one of them that comes I'm out. I'm of showing the, that on YouTube right now. It's at the bottom of the screen. And as you move the lever, the little bubble hockey guys actually move. Just, you know? just for an added little feature, obviously. It's, it's, it's great. It's not really functional, but it was, uh, it was just added. We, we showed that to um, Budweiser and they loved it. And they ended up I buying. I imagine why, like, yeah. They wanted these for bars and restaurants. And now it's a very highly sought after collectible. It is It is one of the more rare pieces that uh, we've ever produced at this right. point because there were so few because we didn't produce it for the general public. So in order to get your hands on it, I assume you either had to work for Budweiser or work in a bar that received one for some sort yeah, of... Yeah, and at uh, the time they were you know reasonably priced based on Wayne's value at the time, but now they're thousands of dollars if you can find one. Right, right. And that was one that I tucked away in the vault. And yeah. So that's a special piece for me because it brings back memories not only of Wayne Gretzky and the, those days where we were doing all his framing, but also of Mike Brown who, who worked collaborated with me to design it. So a lot of the the items that we're going to be looking at this week uh, on the podcast are items that we've spoken of before on earlier episodes. Uh, in particular, you mentioned Mike Brown twice. There is an episode from a few weeks back called The Unsung Hero of Sports Marketing. Mike Brown, it is an episode dedicated to him and all of the efforts that he put forth in developing Wayne Gretzky's product line for WG Authentic. And that bubble hockey piece was one of those. Uh, we also mentioned in that conversation with uh, about Mike Brown, the onset of the fantasy hockey camps that right. you were a part of and, right. and our involvement there. So why don't you give a brief reminder to the listener of what those fantasy camps were, uh, which players we've worked with, and, uh, and, and what we did with them. So at the time, uh, back in, I guess it was the early 2000s, uh, Wayne had retired uh, from active uh, playing in New York. And then we decided that um, fantasy baseball camps had become a big thing uh, where you'd go down and you'd play baseball with former stars and, 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 you know, they, they put you in a position that you'd feel like a pro. So Mike decided with Wayne that they wanted to put a fantasy camp together, which, which was really kind of cool. And they went over the top. They, they did this fantasy camp where everybody, um, was on the ice, full set of equipment. We've talked about it many times. Many good friends left from that camp still remain, but uh, that we talk to on a regular basis. But one of the things that got me involved was the fact that we would, I came up with an idea for Mike that we, one of the things that everybody values is I want my picture taken with Wayne sure. Gretzky in uniform yeah. on the ice. Yeah. Well, because the whole point of this was to make you feel like it's a fantasy, right? The, right? It's not just about playing with the players. It's about feeling as though you're on a team with the players. Right. So that's why a lot of, uh, uh, I'll, I'll hold this up to the camera in a second, but but that's why it was all geared towards making you, you know, giving you the equipment, letting you take a picture with them in uniform, because that's that's the fantasy, right? Well, exactly. And, and who gets a chance? I mean, many people have had their picture taken with Wayne Gretzky. If you meet him, he's happy to do that for you. But... Imagine being on ice with Wayne Gretzky. Um, how cool is that? In uniform, playing against him and with him, because he would join your team and play against you on another game. And then all full sets of uniforms they supply. You just to bring your jock strap and your skates. And everything else was basically there. 
Now you got a picture. I, I've got one that I've blown up of Wayne and I in the dressing room in uniform, which yeah. was, I think, the first one. And it's a classic. And it's 16 by 20. It's in my office, which I didn't bring up. When you asked me about this uh-huh. um, and said we, we should do a show on this, I started to think about it, and I started pulling some things together. I could do 10 shows on this. The so, memories are I mean, that's, that's kind of the point. We're, we're going to be doing this more and more often because, you know, the almost... Maybe one of the most common things we get asked when you start to talk about your collection and we start to use the word the vault uh, is is what's in it. And yeah. and people want that sort of inside look. What does the person who develops the product line keep for themselves? And and this is kind of it. And I'm, I'm excited to kind of go through this. I love as well with the Wayne Gretzky piece for the fantasy camp. Uh, for this year, it was the the All Star Game, the the Campbell Conference, uh, uh, the the orange and black, the the Halloween colored jerseys. Uh, those were those were always fantastic to me. Yeah, and every yeah. year, which I, I'm not sure if we mentioned, it was a different set of jerseys. Right. There was Team Canada based for one. There was St. Louis. Any there was, team that Wayne ever played yes. on was there. Plus teams that he didn't. He loved the Chicago Blackhawks jersey, even though he never played on that team. So we were all scratching our heads when he said we're going to get the Chicago Blackhawks jerseys for the camp this year. Right. And everybody was kind of why? Yeah, like you never played on that team because it's the greatest jersey in in sports. So you you heard it here, Wayne Gretzky, and I think I think he's not alone in this. The, no, the it's, Chicago it's, Blackhawks jersey is 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 it's gorgeous. considered one of the the best jerseys in all of sport. Yeah, uh, and and it's also worth noting that that frame that we had was kind of uh, that we just showed was kind of the reason why we were at. The fantasy camp in the first place that was what frameworth right. brought to the table we took the photos framed them up with the signed photo of wayne all before like it was the first day they took the team photos right and then the, the day they were leaving there was this big party this big dinner get together banquet yeah and that's when uh and that's when everybody uh, got one yeah everyone was, everyone got one they, they got was, to take it home we kind of figured out later that maybe we should just ship it afterwards because <laughs> everybody's lugging their hockey equipment home their sticks and yeah. one of these great big boxes with the picture in it so as, as much as they liked it it's just there's not much room for it right. we, we've also done the the uh mario lemieux fantasy camp yes. so we can take a quick look at that as well what what did you find the major differences were between the wayne gretzky fantasy camp and the well the it's, mario it's lemieux funny because I got a call from Wayne's people or some, from Mario's people. They knew that I had attended all of Wayne's camps and wondered, you know, what we could do for them. So we did the same kind of deal, except in this particular case, what the guys were saying was, look, the photo of, of me and Wayne together along with our team uh, is awesome. But, you know, uh, if you could throw in a picture, uh, like an actual autograph photo that it has the memorabilia aspect to it that could be sold on its own not that anybody's ever selling it um so they went with that version so it's it's essentially for the collector that not only wants the the experience of having a photo with the player but it's also you know they're a collector themselves and they would love a signed piece of memorabilia just kind of a generic photo this way they got them both it. if you had gave I, i'm sure if you gave almost everybody an opportunity to pick one or the other the photo with mario or wayne or the autograph photo by itself. These are people that are paying ten grand to go to a camp. They're not too concerned about getting an extra, you know, five hundred dollars for an autograph photo. They 
what you don't get is the photo with the player. Exactly. So, right. so you mentioned that they they knew how long you had been going to those camps. Did the Mario Lemieux team? Did they reach out to you, or did you hear that the camp was going on? They reached out. Well, I had dealings with Mario and and um, at the time, and and the Penguins, and um, so they contacted me, and I said, you know, we'd love to put the program together once again. Is one of those contra deals where I I get to play and then they get the frame pictures, and it was uh, it was an awesome experience. As a matter of fact, I played in the first two, and our team won the first two. Oh, really? I played not this that is had any, not that had anything. They always divide the players up between, you know, into different categories A, B, C, D. I might have been a C or a D. But sure. Anyway, they so Getting they're all pretty equal, yeah. right? But then at the end of the day, and then with Mario's camp, we played an outdoor game in Pittsburgh, which was incredible. Cool. I thought, what are we going outside for? And you had to go real early in the morning because the rink wasn't available in the afternoon. So we're up at six in the morning. There's a lot of partying going on. At I would things. imagine, yeah. So getting up at six in the morning to dress in a tent outside of a, a rink, I thought, this is brutal. Who's going to want to do that? And it was freezing cold. What a great experience. Now I know what the guys for the Heritage Classic and those guys get into it. What, what arena was it that you were playing? It was, a, it was on the other side of the river. Oh, um, so it wasn't, it wasn't like no, where they would play? No, the, no, it yeah. was a public arena. Oh, that's cool. Though. And that's why they had to set up a tent for a dressing room. Imagine being a kid walking by that day oh. and, 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 and getting to see I don't all the think they'd there. even know what was going on. It was just, well, we're playing at 7.30 in the morning. So yeah. under the lights, it was You know great. what? We've we've talked a lot about the uh, the Wayne Gretzky Fantasy Camp for good reason. You were there for every year of its existence. Yeah. And, and we've talked about a lot of your memories there. Uh, but I remember hearing your... Uh, stories about the Mario Lemieux fantasy camp. Uh, we took a look at the at the photo, and you know, part of having a photo like that is every time you look at it, I'm sure you relive the memories of of having experienced the fantasy camp. Can you give us maybe one of your best memories or experiences from that event? From the, so we all stayed. This was interesting, um, which was happening at the Wayne, at Wayne's camp too. Wayne stayed on site. He didn't go home, right. even if he lived in the city. Right. He stayed on site with the guys at the hotel, but. The one neat experience with with Mario, he brought a lot of his friends. Ty Domi uh, was a, is a, is and was a good friend, um, and so uh, we're one day I'm sitting having a drink at it was a small hotel bar, and Mario comes in for a drink, and Ty Domi's there, and Paul Coffey's there, and they started bantering back and forth, um, and all and a lot of the campers were there too. Some of them you know, the real gamers, they went to bed early to, they oh. to win the thing. <laughs> the rest of us got to experience an incredible evening where Ty Domi was on a rant about, you know, how he got, he holds the records and penalties and then, and, and how he protected all the players. Yeah. And, and of course, Paul Coffey's playing, you know, talking about his four Stanley cups or more, I think. And, and so let just, me, let me get this straight. Paul Coffey is sitting there talking about how great it is he has four Stanley Cups, and Ty Domi says, yeah, but I've got the penalty minute. Oh, yeah, and, <laughs> and he's going on, you wouldn't have got, you guys wouldn't get it with guys like me, and I had to do this, and I hold the record for penalty minutes. And I actually a, love that. And know, it was all in good fun. Of course, of course. But Mario the, was laughing his ass off. I mean, he just listening to this going back and well, forth. Well, you, you've said this before. I mean, you, you've got more experience with this than I do, but, uh, you know, a lot of people think that, 
similar to what we're talking about where, uh, you know, you work in, in the, the level of, of collectibles and sports memorabilia and things like that. So is this actually something that you're going to be interested in, in pursuing as a hobby? And, you know, people may think yes, people may think no, you have your own way of doing it. But a lot of people probably look at hockey players and think they do this for their entire career. This is like, like day in, day out. There's no way they want to talk hockey at the end of the day. But... Oh, they do. Yeah. Are you kidding me? If you, if you're a woman married to a hockey player, get used to it. <laughs> they don't, even after their career is over, it's all about that moment that they did this or that goal was scored. Um, my wife, Lori, would always say when I was an avid golfer um, and I would come in and say, oh, geez, that 18th hole, 150 yards, nine iron, blah, blah, blah. And she'd go, you can't remember what I tell you to go to the grocery <laughs> store. How do you remember what club and yardage you're at? And it's the same with hockey players. They remember every moment. And to sit in a room with them and listen. One of the other great memories I have of the Mario camp was Mario came into our dressing room after a game. And he sat down and he, you know, we're all sitting there and there's a case of beer there. And we're all having a beer. And it was like the real deal. Yeah. Okay? So, and then in comes, and I got a picture, uh, Bill Guerin was on my team, so he was already there. Uh, Ty Domi comes in, and Clark Gillies was coach. Wow. And they all came, and I'm sitting in the back end of the room, and they were all right. I was there, and the three other guys were sitting right next to me, and and it was just amazing. It was our, our dressing room, right? our guys. You could see the other teams walking by the door looking in and going, Oh, I wish if I was only in that there. That was my team, yeah. To sit in a, a dressing room, having a beer, and we stayed there for a good, I don't know, hour after wow. the game. And then Bill Guerin had a new bar opening across the street. And so he says, everybody, after that was over, let's go across. I want to show you my new bar and buy you all a drink. Oh, amazing. And from that point on, and I was in San Jose, um, just walking around the stadium for game six of the playoffs when the Penguins won. That's another story, but... And I get a tap on the shoulder was Bill Guerin. He was in for the game with Pittsburgh uh, in the management side. And he says, hey, Brian, how you doing? That was, I don't know, eight, ten years later. Remembered my name. Wow. Remembered who I was. I wonder if he could also remember what his wife told him uh, for, for, for No, for no, but he remembered that goal we scored to yeah, win Yeah, exactly. Game. That's the story he told. I, I love that because I had, this is complete aside, but just just a, uh, a peek into the mind of someone who can remember the whole, the yardage, the club, uh, but can't remember other things. I got a call from you a couple of weeks ago. I had just left the cottage. Uh, Lori, your wife, my mom wasn't up there. And you said, Mikey, I need instructions on how to run the dishwasher. And I gave it to you. You said, great. Never tell your mom that you told me this because I never <laughs> want to have to run these things again. <laughs> So I think it's a little bit of selective memory in that sense. Before we move on to the next one, a quick story. You know, the, the, the fantasy hockey camps are not just about playing. As you mentioned, it's also about some of the ancillary, the hobbies, the drinking, the this, that. Sometimes they have some entertainers in town as well. Uh, one of my favorite entertainers at the time was, was there to perform at the first Mario Lemieux hockey camp. Uh, do you remember the story you told me about oh, this? Oh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr was there before he made it enormous. Can you tell the story of your interaction with one of my favorite comedians? So Mikey is into comedy like nobody else I You'd know. You'd never be able to tell based on the podcast, but. <laughs> so he knows every up and coming, every existing guy. And one, and one recently, so he's kind of educating me on who the top 
comedians are. Um, just before I went to the camp, and then all of a sudden, uh, one of the evenings at the Mariel camp, we end up going over to the casino, and special guest for entertaining the camp only exclusively right. was Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill Burr. It, literally the, one of the biggest names in comedy right, right. now. Yeah. So, so I'm sitting there going, oh my God, Mikey would just be dying <laughs> to see this. And so I, I have to kind of text him and I text him, you know, what? oh my God, Mikey says, you're with Bill Burr. That's great. And so now I'm trying to videotape a little of this to show him. This is I'm during going, the set. During the set. Yeah. Right. I'm listening, but I'm videotaping and, and we're, you know, it's a small theater. So, you know, after about five minutes, Bill Burr looks over at me and he says, are you bored? <laughs> I go, no, no, no. He goes, what are you doing? And I said, oh, my son's a big fan of yours. I'm just trying to show him. that." It. And he just kind of went on with the show. Afterwards, we were in the casino. Yeah. So Mario says, hey, come with me. So he's not going to sit in the main casino. So we go up to a, a private room where, I guess, the big shooters sure. go. So it's Ty Domi, Mario, myself, and a few other guys, and Mario's agent, and Bill Burr. Yeah. So we're sitting at the blackjack table, and then I look at the stakes. I go, I can't play in these stakes. And Mario goes, he's grandfathered in. He's going to be playing for my... So they oh, let me amazing. play at the so, we, so I could play That's at the table. Because cool. I'm not playing for those stakes. Yeah. Not that he's a huge gambler, but he's obviously yeah. got a few more bucks than I yeah, do. $20 to you means a lot different right. to someone else. Right. 100 200 yeah. So we're playing, and Bill's sitting at the table. And so I got a chance to explain the story. Yeah. He's from Boston, so he's now telling me what a big Boston fan he is. Yeah. So I ended up getting something from Bobby Orr, personalized to him, and sent it to to uh, L.A. to his address. So it, it all ended up good, but That's um, amazing. it was the, so embarrassing. The idea of Bill Burr calling you out because you were texting me to say, oh my God, I'm watching Bill Burr, is just something that I've remembered forever. Uh, uh, something that you probably remember forever, and this this has to do, uh, you know, going back a little bit to, to Wayne Gretzky, that is a common thread that we have on this podcast. Um, you know, uh, you, we, we talked about a story where you were about to go to a signing, you were leaving the city, and you got to hitchhike with someone uh, pretty special. Do you want to tell the story about, uh, about uh, that? Well, you got to hitchhike uh, uh, on your flight with... Oh, <laughs> with oh okay, okay. So, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying no, to downplay it. So, yeah. No, no. So what happened was um, we ended up... Um, we ended up... I had a group of guys that go on an annual golf tournament. We were going to Phoenix that year. Um, and the day before we got our flights and they were all booked, uh, Wayne and Mike Brown were in town. So they invited me down to Wayne's restaurant. We're having lunch down there. And uh, I, we we're talking away. And uh, during the course of the, I said, oh, you, where are you heading back to, L.A. or Phoenix? He says, because he had homes in both places. I said, he says, uh, no, I'm going to Phoenix tomorrow. I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to Phoenix too. I'm going on a golf trip with my buddies. So well, why don't you fly down with me? <laughs> So, well, I've already got a ticket. He goes, well, I've got a private jet we're going down on. And I go, uh, yeah, I don't care if I have to buy a whole new ticket, two-way ticket. Yeah. I'm going on that. I've never been on a private jet. Yeah. And, uh, but you've flown with Wayne Gretzky plenty of time. No, 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 no. And Mike and him were going back. And of course they have the whole jet. So, yeah. you know, I, I just, of course I'm going. Yeah. So, and net and Wayne had a deal with NetJets or something like that. So, you know, it was a kind of contra deal, I think. He didn't own a jet. I don't think he does. But anyway, 
he says going going down. So I end up getting on this plane. What a way to fly! He, I, I could imagine you go to the you go to the plane. You drive up next to the plane at the private hangar. The pilot comes on, put your bags in the back, off you go. Whenever you're ready to take off, sir, I'll be ready. Wayne brought some pierogies from the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. All the drinks and snacks are on the plane, and there's even an usher, or uh, sorry, a flight attendant. attendant. Yeah. So, um, and there we are, sitting there having cocktails and flying to Phoenix. Did I ever take flack from my buddies, though? You you managed to uh, to get a photo with him, and he actually ended up signing That's on for the you. Plane. So I'm, so I'm showing you talk that about photo a piece on. of memorabilia. That's a special moment. Um, and when it was done, you know, you can have, there's a lounge in the back. You can have a nap. It was, I never went to sleep. I'm wide you're awake You're not sleeping time. through that. Yeah. I get in, I meet my buddies, and did I ever take crap from them? Oh, you, you bailed on us right. to go with Wayne Gretzky in a private jet. I said, you tell me one of you guys that wouldn't have done the same thing. <laughs> Anyway. I, I love that as well. Uh, uh, the, the opportunity to take the photo. Uh, just, you know what? Flying on a private jet. That's life-changing in and of itself, and you get the great one on there with you. Is, uh, I've done that now three times with different people, and I'll tell you what, if you could, if you win the lottery... <laughs> that's a good, a good I'm way to never do it. Flying pro, I'm never flying commercial again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, well, maybe one day Wayne will need to, to hitch a ride back with you. Yeah. I, the, my favorite thing about that story is that it, it's not like you were going somewhere with Wayne. He just sort of offered you no, a I, shot to get down to the, where you needed you to go. You want to come with me? Instead of going on Air Canada, I said, <laughs> absolutely. That's amazing. Um, uh, so so before we get off of Wayne Gretzky, there's one piece that we've talked about uh, a couple times on this. Uh, something, you know, we've talked a lot about your personal pieces. I want to talk about some of the more uh, iconic pieces in the industry, one of which does have to do with with Wayne Gretzky and another one of our favorite players of all time, Gordy Howe. And it was, uh, this piece sort of exists in two parts because uh, there was an initial photograph that Wayne and Gordy had together, and then they recreated the image later on in their career. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that image is? Yeah, so this was a fairly famous photo of Wayne when he was a kid, I think it was his first meeting with with Gordy Howe. Um, Gordy Howe, of course, most people know was Wayne's favorite player. That's why he wore ninety nine because right. Gordy wore nine. And um, I guess he met as a kid. And so Gordy Gordy was such a great guy. I mean, he was so accommodating on the ice. One of the toughest, meanest guys you ever want to meet, right? Or, or play against. But on the ice, off the ice, he was a sweetheart of a guy. So he took a photo, a famous photo of Wayne Gordy sitting in a chair. He had a hockey stick, and he gave him a hook around the neck. And that's Wayne as a kid, Gordy in his prime, and signed by both guys. And it was limited edition of, what, two ninety nine. That was a bigger edition, I think. And the reason for that was it was just such an iconic photo that we, you know, there was a, such a huge demand for it. That we had to go with a bigger edition. Now, was that a photo that was immediately popular at the time it was taken, or did it come out of Wayne's collection after you know I'm he not had sure made exactly it? Exactly, he's, he's fairly young in that photo. If you're not watching on YouTube, he's a, you know a, a teenager. He's he's if, I think if that Mike tracked down the photographer. It was an iconic photo because it appeared in magazines and different places over the years, and then again Mike saying, "Hey, you know what? This would make a great piece of memorabilia." Gordy was obviously always available to work with Wayne to do a signing, and, and so they launched that piece. But then that changed to a later piece where they kind of recreated it. I mean, right now, the trend on the internet, or maybe not right now, but but it has come and gone. 
where families, brothers, sisters, best friends will take a one of their favorite photos from when they were kids and they'll recreate it as adults. Same, right. po- same pose, same clothes, same that sort of thing. Right. Uh, and Wayne and Gordy, listen, ahead of the curve. They were. Social media influencers before they even existed, uh, they managed to do the same thing. You know what? I never realized that till you just said it, that you see that on the internet all the time now where somebody takes a shot of best friends as kids. Yeah. And then... 30 years later, takes the same. Well, this was Wayne. I think he was probably playing professional hockey. Well, he was playing professional hockey at the time, but they decided to, to do it again. And and through the years, of course, Wayne broke uh, Gordy's record, 802 goal. And so they had other photos together. And I have another classic photo in my office, which maybe we'll show it another time of Wayne and and Gordy, uh, but yeah, they, they, they're, their legend is kind of intertwined. You know, they, 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 uh, I think because Wayne was probably so vocal about being uh, such a big fan of, of Gordy's, they kind of came up. It always seemed like Gordy was willing to do the passing of the torch with someone like, like Wayne as well. So it, well, uh, and you know what, um, Gordy, uh, and Wayne, uh, were very close friends. Um, and, People should, the younger people out there that aren't really as familiar with Gordie Howe should look him up because he was legendary. I, I was having a conversation with you because we were, we were developing a product line that was going to pay homage to some of the more, you know, iconic players in the NHL's history. Right, and right. we had to use some, some players from, you know, retired Eight or players. 10 players. That but like would, very iconic things. Right. Players who transcend time to the point where everyone is going to know their name regardless of their age. And we were talking, obviously, Wayne Gretzky, obviously, Bobby Orr, obviously, Mario Lemieux. And I said, well, we've got to do Gordie Howe. Like, in my mind, that is, he is synonymous. He's Mr. Hockey, like, in my right. mind. And well, you... That was, his, he, he no, uh, trademarked the name, Mr. Yeah, Hockey. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, he, so much so that I just assume that he is as big a name as those other guys. And you mentioned, you were like, I just don't know that the younger generation... Like the young generation. Yeah, millennials. Yeah, knows who Gordy Howe is as much as they probably should. And to me, that's such a shame. You're probably right. But if you're a student of the game, yeah, you absolutely know who he is. Probably top five, to definitely top ten of all time. Yeah. Um, and he played forever. One of the, you know, he played with his kids and, and, and all that, Mark and Marty. But he... He is not remembered by the young people as much. And maybe because, you know, he's passed away, so he's not out there in the public eye. And Wayne Wayne is such a great marketing guy. Right. Like Wayne is knows how to market himself. I, I had uh, I spent seven innings of a baseball game with him in, in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago. And he was spewing out marketing ideas that just blew me away and so that's why that's not the only the biggest reason is he's the greatest of all times <laughs> yeah. but but that's one of the reasons why wayne still stays so relevant to even the young kids right uh, and some of the other guys are not as relevant because yeah. you know mario obviously top five if not one of the best and he is not out there as much. Mm-hmm. He doesn't market himself the same way. I think in terms of timing as well, it helps, you know, Mario Lemieux, his relevance. I mean, he deserves to be as relevant as anyone else, but, uh, you know, he did play with Sidney Crosby, so there's always that. Yeah. You know, that passing of the torch as well yeah. is, is kind of similar. So, Well, not but, demeaning any of those guys. In my mind, they should all be highly recognized. Yes. But time goes on, and, and it's 
I find it interesting from a marketing point of view why guys that have had amazing careers aren't as recognizable yeah, as yeah. some of the uh, of the Wayne Gretzky types. Yeah, it's a strange thing to to consider and to think about, but but it is it is definitely true. I, you know, we talk about with Sidney Crosby. You know, he's such a good player that uh, you know you could put his autograph on anything and it'll sell, but the way you really garner support in the long run is by knowing how to market yourself in in tandem with being as good a player as, and I think Wayne is, has mastered that. He's, he's almost written the, the book on it at this point. One, one more quick Wayne Gretzky one that I want to get into. Uh, this is kind of off of it. There was an event with Wayne Gretzky and Gordie Howe uh, that you and I went to. I believe it was for TD Bank. We've done quite a bit of uh, events with TD Bank, yep. James Dodds being a uh, a friend of of the company, and and he works in putting a lot of these events together and and works. Yeah, I think he was involved, but I think this was for a fundraiser for a hospital. It was oh. at a private home. Remember, yes. it was a doctor um, for Mount Sinai or one of the things, and it was a big fundraiser. So uh, there was. You know, and it was it was an event with Gordy Howe and uh, Wayne Gretzky, and I actually the photo I'm about to show isn't my favorite photo because there's a photo where it's you, me, Gretzky, and Howe. Oh yeah, uh, so keep me in there. That's no, the no, I'm I'm honestly I'm you frame you had this photo framed up for me. I would have preferred the one with you oh, okay. in it as well. Is what I'm saying. Thank you for that. Uh, but this photo is is one. It's it's uh, me. Wayne Gretzky, Gordie Howe from uh, just an event that I'll remember forever. It was fantastic. There was there was someone there in a question and answer period that uh, that I'll never forget. And I think about this every time I look at this photo, which again is part of why we collect. Um, and Wayne Gretzky, they said, you know, time to ask any question you want. And he asked the question for for those of you who are familiar with uh, the 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 movie Swingers with Vince Vaughn and and uh, and uh, I'm blanking on his name, but but there's a famous line in that movie where they're playing one of the NHL video games. I think it's NHL 94 or 96. And they keep saying, make Gretzky's head bleed because you, there was a, if you fought characters enough or you hit them enough in that game, the character would be on the ice and their head would bleed. And that was a famous line from that movie. It, John Favreau's the other guy. Uh, a famous line in the movie was, I'm going to make Gretzky's head bleed for whatever reason. He's on the Kings at the time. And the guy asked, he's like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this movie, but when you hear that, especially in light of like the way concussions are coming back in, in the common era, what do you think about hearing your name associated with make his head bleed? And, and Wayne very elegantly sidestepped the question. He didn't really address it. I'm not sure if he knew the reference or not, uh, but I, I, I chuckled <laughs> and I kind of gave the guy props. I'm like, that's, that's a funny question to ask. Well, you know, it's, uh, that leads me to another thing is one of the reasons that so many of these memories happen is that... Frameworth has a, a pretty exclusive or uh, is known as the, one of the top companies, if not the top company, that will go on site and, and do the on site photos as part of the gifting. We pitch this all the time. Right. We pitch it to TD Bank. We go to their luncheons because we understand, I always understood how important these photos are to me. Right. And most of everything that I do here is if I. I'm the average fan. If I like it, if I think it's important, then hopefully everybody else will. So all these photos of you and a celebrity, it brings back so many memories. It's a little bragging rights. People sure. coming, oh, you met so-and-so. Sure. But more importantly, it's, it's just that memory. So we it, captured that and built a whole uh, business around going on site. We just did it with Mitch Marner's event for yep. Intact. Uh, we do it for uh, TD Bank. We do it for golf tournaments. We do it for private functions like the one you just showed. And we go on site. Well, 
of course, when I'm there, um, you know, and I usually make sure I'm at those events, then you always kind of make sure you get a photo as well. Of and course. So, and especially if you know the guys, uh, the only one I didn't get was one with Tiger Woods and oh, that would have been. I was just drooling together. Yeah, yeah. They kind of blew me off and said, "You, you, you're one of the workers here. You can't do that." <laughs> okay, thanks. Oh a no, lot. oh no. Um, so we're uh, we've got about fifteen minutes left, ten minutes left or so. So I, I want to move into uh, one. You know, to kind of tie it back to the product lines that we that we build for for other people. Um, there's a very interesting story behind what we're about to show because it isn't a typical piece of memorabilia. It's not signed, but it does represent the beginnings of a relationship with a player and the start of a memorabilia line with them. And this is sort of the symbolic first steps and entry into that world. Why don't you tell a story about your photo with Doug Gilmore? So this is uh, the way we kind of got into the memorabilia business was Doug Gilmore was at the forefront of it. Um, We were, as mentioned in many previous podcasts, um, Doug was so big when we started in 92 and, uh, you know, he owned the city. And I got a call. In the photo, you'll see th- uh, three other people besides me. So on the left, you'll see, I believe his name was Jamie. Um, he was the manager of the Madison Avenue Pub, which was a real hot university bar. The second guy is Steve Davies, nicknamed Diesel. He owned, uh, he bought the rights to a company called Hespler Hockey Sticks back uh-huh. in the day. And Hespler had let their name brand, and they were a big hockey stick when I was a kid, um, a few years, many years before that. And he bought the rights to the name because they let it die. Right. And then uh, he got Doug Gilmore to use his stick. They were buddies. And he also had a tape company, Renfrew Tape, uh, Diesel did. And so I said, well, Steve called me up and said, we got this print called Killer Blue that somebody did for us. And so he wanted it. Uh, he wanted me to market it. Okay, that's great. So we got to know Diesel. And so one afternoon I said, well, Doug's got these game used sticks. Uh, can you market those? And I said, geez, they'd be really oh, popular. Yeah. So I said, well, do you want to come to the company? He said, no, let's just meet at the Maddie, which is the Madison pub. I said, oh, that sounds great. That's great. Beautiful, sunny sun, summer day. We're in the outdoor patio. I'm with the hottest player in the league, especially mm-hmm. in Toronto at the time. Um, nobody at the time, as Wendell Clark said, was playing better hockey than, yeah. than Doug at the time. So we're sitting there drinking beer all afternoon and signing hockey sticks. And that was the first real kind of major piece that I did. And a little later on, um, we're sitting in another meeting and um, Diesel was there and Doug had just got nominated for a Selkie, the Selkie Trophy right. at the awards dinner, which was held in Toronto at Royal York, or I think it was the convention center. And um, Steve said to Doug, he says, well, we got, I don't know how many tickets, eight tickets. Um, Doug was just um, engaged or married to um, Amy at the time, one of his wife, one of his wives. His mom and dad were going, and they added all the people that they needed to go. And they said, well, we got an extra ticket. Who who wants to go? <laughs> who Right wants place, to go? right time, yeah. fortuitous. Yeah. They look over at me and said, do you want to go? I said, you kidding me? The awards <laughs> dinner? I'm sitting at the hottest guy's table. Like the, the You the said, guy that's, I would love to go, but I've got a private jet to fly on. Yeah, <laughs> no, I can't no. Make it. These are all fluky things that happen. And there you go. So that was a picture taken at the table 
with uh, Amy and Doug, his mom and dad. Um, I, I don't know who else was in that photo. I don't recognize the other people and myself. So that was Doug Gilmore getting me into the beginnings of our memorabilia business and then getting invited to the award dinner where he's the only, only Toronto Maple Leaf that's ever won the Selkie, I believe. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I love that story as well because as I mentioned, it's, it's, you know, it's indicative of something that represents so much more for your life and for the company. When you were sitting at the Maddie, Madison Avenue Pub, were you thinking in your head, this is the beginning of everything? This is the beginning of the way the direction of the company is headed. Um, uh, was, was there any thought in your mind of, of that becoming something more or, or were you just living in the moment? Um, I was just pinching myself. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a picture framer at the time. Yeah. I'm just getting into memorabilia. And, um, and now I'm sitting there. I just had just... Again, things just happen, and now I'm sitting with this hockey player, and, and everybody in the pub was looking over, wondering what's going on. Doug didn't care. Like, he's a good guy. He's yeah. like, got hockey sticks all over the bar. Yeah. So it's not like you couldn't notice that Doug Gilmore was in the exactly. bar. There's he's like not exactly hiding it. Yeah, there, yeah. Right? And we're having a few drinks and, you know, um, enjoying the afternoon on an outdoor patio. is phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. Now, um, we we are kind of wrapping up. Do you want to get into one more or do you want to save, do you want to tease it and, yeah. and get into I it? Probably and... let's tease it by saying that at another show, we're going to get into my all time. I can't say all time, but I can't think of a better. Singer. Yeah. I can think a lot of good ones, but this is the ultimate. So, so thing that could happen to a hockey fan. Here's, here's one thing we need to draw attention to. We've already focused on a piece where you had a photo of you on a private jet with Wayne Gretzky. We already had a piece of you playing on the ice with Mario Lemieux. We already had a piece of you uh, uh, <laughs> signing uh, autographs with Doug Gilmore and getting invited to the awards dinner to to commence the beginning of of a new relationship with one of the hottest hockey players uh, you know in in the city of all time. Um, um, and yet this piece that we will mention the next time we do one of these episodes, because there's literally a list of, of, of tens and tens and tens of items that we haven't even gotten to yet. And, and listen, if there's any specific questions you have about any of the pieces, feel free to hit us up, sign off pod at framework.com. You can find us on social media at well at, at framework sport. Um, but next time we do this, we will get into to that. We'll tease it for now. But I definitely want to be able to spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes on that piece because it, it delves a little bit deeper. And we're not going to say too much more than that. So keep an eye out for the next time that we do this. Uh, if there's any pieces of memorabilia that you have, maybe it's a photo of you with a celebrity. Maybe it's a photo of, of a, or a, a rare piece that you managed to get your hands on. Send us a photo. Sign off pod at framework.com and maybe we'll feature it on the episode in one of the future episodes. Yeah, I mean, do we don't want to turn this into a show about what is my piece worth? Um, you know, I've got this, how much, right. how much is this, that worth? And what do you think this would be worth? But um, there are some very special pieces. Now we did a lot of my personal stuff today because it just, I started pulling things off right. the wall, but there are pieces that are tied in with that, like the bubble hockey piece. Yep. Um, we have special pieces that are very near and dear to me that are actual memorabilia pieces as opposed to memories um, that are autographed that people may look to get or want to have right. or are interested in. I mean, if they're special to me, they're generally pretty special because yeah. I see it all. Yeah. Right? 
and I have some baseball pieces and some other things as well. Well, you always you always mention, you know, when people ask you, you know, how do you know if the value of a piece is going to go up? How do you know whether you're making a good investment? And the advice you always give is buy it primarily because you like it. Yeah. And then maybe the value will go up. And I think what you what what the subtext of that is is you're saying memorabilia, collectibles, it's about the personal touch. It's not as much about the value of the item. So yeah, the items that we're going over today may not be, you know, we're not talking about how valuable they are. We don't necessarily need people to, to reach out to us and ask us the question of how much is this worth? Because to us, it's not what dollar value it's worth. It's it's what what is it worth to you? That's what we're interested right. in. And that's kind of the uh, the philosophy that we have over here at Frameworth. So if you have any of those pieces, Frameworth or otherwise, feel free to share them. I'd love to, to take a look at Special them. Special memories. We might include some of your photos uh, of you with somebody or a piece that you have. I mean, you know, Matt Ellenberger was on. He has his Facebook page, Sidney Crosby Memorabilia Collectors. And, um, and people get on there and they show each other what yeah. they've got. And they're, you know, they're excited about it. And so... This was kind of an egotistical show, maybe from my point of view, just, I don't want to brag about that. I'm just sharing the memories that I have over the years right. that are special to me. And, um, well, we know people out there have, have pieces of memorabilia that are equally as valuable to them for, absolutely. for, for different reasons. And that's, that's kind of what we're interested in exploring. And that's why we wanted to explore your collection. You know, what, what are the things that make you you know, as you said, the guy who's seen it all, what are the ones that stick with you as the most important? And that was the goal of today's episode. Right, right. Perfect. So uh, thanks again for sharing. Thanks for opening up the vault, Brian Aaronworth's <laughs> infamous Frameworth vault. Uh, he's got a ton more pictures, some of them hanging up on his walls, some of them tucked away, and we'll get into more of them the more we come back to this type of episode. But in the meantime, send us yours. Send us the, uh, to signoffpod at frameworth.com. Uh, and until then, until next week, my name is Mike Aaronworth. This is Brian Aaronworth, president of Frameworth Sports Marketing, and this is us signing off. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we made it to the end of yet another episode. Thanks again so much for joining us. You can find videos of all of our episodes on YouTube by searching the Sign Off Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Frameworth Sport or Instagram at Frameworth Sports. And hey, if you're not sick of me yet, you can find me on Twitter over at, at Retrograde Mikey, or you can always find me embarrassing myself over on Instagram at Aaronworth. The Sign Off is a proud product of Fadoo Productions and Sad Styles Productions, executive producers Mikey Aaronworth and Andrew Bascom. Until next week, this is Mikey Aaronworth, signing off. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it.